Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I was just uh, sitting here resting. I wasn't even thinking about doing this show. <laughs> and now I will. All right. I'm ready now. Here we go. We're not going yet. I usually say that right before the drums kick in. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, and judgmentalists, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South here in the entertainment capital of the world. We're still that, right? No one's taking that over? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that going on. Uh, this week, uh, Penn's been back in action over at uh, uh, the Rio. I've been back in action over in Utah. There's a lot of action. There's a whole lot of action going on here. Here he is preaching the love of Patussin's Penn Gillette. I'm preaching, I'm preaching the love. You know, you can tell that the uh, Robitussin is happening because I was sitting here. Just sitting here. Between shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. sitting here. Yeah. Like, I was never going to start this show. <laughs> I was just, and I was so happy. Yeah. Just sitting here, just doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the great thing about these uh, medications. Yeah, you can be happy doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's as if maybe our country specifically has a problem with these types of medications. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you're back from uh, Utah, Utah, Putty Cat. Utah, Utah, Putty Tat. Yeah, yeah. How, where were you playing in Utah? Because uh, you know you have a big Mormon follower. <laughs> Huge, 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 huge. Uh, yeah, I was back. Like, at, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of Jimmy Buffett's name, and I couldn't. Like, Jimmy Buffett has Hawaiian shirts. Yes. You have Mormons. Lousy with Mormon followings. Yeah. Parrot heads. Yeah, is that at Mystique uh, in Utah, where they have the uh, the part location and the, uh, they have the, like the stage, prestige stage location mm -hmm. as well. And it's neat. On the Fridays and Saturdays, you do three shows. You bounce back and forth. Oh. And do uh, forty-five minute shows and uh, all night long. So you do three forty-five minute shows. Yes, I was working with this one waiter, and uh, at one point, is you rushing back and forth because the same magic props have to go back and forth between the, mm -hmm. the, the things as well. And so I'm just trying to re reset this thing, and he goes, uh, "All right, um, you have about five or, or six minutes, um, or, or maybe less." <laughs> I said, "Wait." Do I have five or six minutes, or I don't have five or six minutes? <laughs> and he goes, do you need it? I go, you tell me. <laughs> I said, if I have to go right now, I can go out right now and cut this bit. But if I have five or six minutes, I'm going to reset this thing and put it on my show. <laughs> he goes, oh, I guess you can have six minutes then. And I was like, why is this on me? I didn't bring this up. 
<laughs> then same guy the next night, uh, the, the one stage, the middle so stage. So the waiter is assigned to you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just keeping things running or whatever. And the next night, he says, uh, the group in there, there, it's actually one gigantic office party that postponed their Christmas party, and this is their Christmas party in there. And I said, oh, okay. So it's like a corporate environment. Okay, cool. And he goes, uh, don't worry, I, I already, I already bartered them up. And I said, what does that mean? And he looked at me like I asked him, like, what, where is your mother? You know, like I said, what does that mean? And he was like recoiled. I, I just, I, I was just talk, just talking to him. I was like, well, I'm sorry. I just didn't know what you mean by butter them up. I, did they require buttering them up? Like what's going on in there? <laughs> he goes, I just was, they seem real nice. I was like, great. Well, thanks. <laughs> A lot of communication problems with this uh, coworker. I guess so. Yeah, I was like, "But what does buttering them up mean? Why would I don't know? I, 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 I don't. Do other magicians have uh, go out there and butter them up before I do my show? <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing out on this task? But he might have been. I can. Ex the Tussin can explain this. <laughs> Sometimes a phrase comes in your head, yeah. like kerfuffle, right? And you just want to use kerfuffle. Yeah. Within the next three minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So maybe he's in his head going, butter him up. <laughs> I want to use that in the next three or four minutes. <laughs> That's the logical explanation, yeah, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. But kerfuffle is the one that happens with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to use kerfuffle. One of the reasons I have a bird feeder yeah. is so that there's a kerfuffle at the bird feeder all the time. And I can say to Mox, hey, Mox, look at that kerfuffle. <laughs> I can say I was with Mox at a Starbucks, uh -huh. and there was a sign outside the Starbucks that said, "Don't feed the birds." And I was standing there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Mox said, "You've been staring at that sign, looking sad for a really long time." <laughs> I said, "Well, yeah, I kind of took it personally. They just mean here, right?" <laughs> Mox said, "Yeah, they just mean here." I would, yeah, I, I was just feeling like maybe I shouldn't feed my birds. <laughs> and Mark said, no, you're okay. And I went, okay, let's go get a latte. <laughs> I get very sad. Yeah. Because I, I get, my bird feeder, I buy the, I told this before, I buy the most expensive bird seed you can. Right. And I feed it to pigeons. Yeah. And so it's like pigeons, you know, like, it's like going to Tent City and yeah. bringing foie gras. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I get a lot of birds, and there's a lot of kerfuffle. And then uh, this uh, this uh, female hawk yes. comes in and grabs, picks one of them off every so often. But the other day, she came three times, and it was full of birds, and she missed every time. Oh, she was maybe on the tussin. Yeah, maybe. She might have been tussined up. Well, no, it's actually what's called predator confusion. You know about predator confusion. Uh, of course. Unfortunately, as a predator, I've encountered many times. Yeah. It's uh, when you have, it's reason schools and flocks work. Uh oh. Is the predator can't decide which one to go after. There's too many. And you watch it happen. You know, it's like being in a Playboy mansion. You watch it, <laughs> you watch it happen as she flies in and goes, this one, oh, no, no, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all going, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And the hawk, pretty much, you can hear her saying, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and then she'll just, you know, you don't usually get that close to a hawk. She'll perch like eight feet from me. Really? Just going, 
damn, missed them all. Just commiserate. Fucker. And I look out at her. It's a vicious thing. You're like, I have notes. I have, <laughs> if you want to go over them, we can talk about your, your first like, and second attempts. You know the hair club for men? Yes. A hair club for men is three friends of mine. Yeah. Stephen Banks, Rich Nathanson, and Handsome Jack. Yeah. And they go see performances of hair. Yeah. The tribal musical. And the tribal musical is playing at colleges and local community theaters all the time. All the time. And they have seen, I forgot the number, but like dozens of performances. Yes. And they discovered what this hawk should discover. <laughs> uh very often, not the high school productions, of course. No, no, no. But very often in uh, community productions, there's nudity. Famously, there's a yeah, there's a nude scene in. There's a in nude hair. scene in here. Yeah. yeah. And they discovered the same problem with predator, predator confusion. They discovered that when the nudity comes, their eyes would run all over the stage, <laughs> and they wouldn't really get to see anybody nude. <laughs> so now they pick who they want to see nude the most. And they focus on him or her. Uh, when the nude scene comes, yeah. their eyes are glued there and they get to see the nudity. So I would say to this hawk, if we spoke the same language, right. I would say when you're getting up there to swoop in, yeah. think about there being just one bird at the feeder. Yeah. Focus on that one bird like it's an attractive college student you want to see naked. But instead it's your dinner. And you just go in and go just for that bird. Yes. Don't go in and say, there are so many birds, I'll just decide the last moment which one I want to grab. Yeah. But predator confusion is a very real thing. And it's a very real problem in life. Yeah. When you have too many choices, you don't take them. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. the Russian writer who was in prison, Sasha Nishram. Yes. Uh, he talked about- Spelled with two H's. Yeah. Um. You, you know what I'm trying to say. What, what am I saying? Stotson? I can't say the name. I don't know. The, the Tussin doesn't know the name. No, no, no. Famous Russian writer. But I mean, there was in prison. prison. Rather modern. The chat. Someone on the chat will tell yeah, us who possible. we're talking about. But um, but um, uh, he talked about how it was easier to write in prison because there were so few choices. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really, you know, people who are successful eat the same thing every day, yeah. wear the same clothes, try to make as few choices as you can that don't matter. Yeah, actually. I don't think this ties in with predator confusion. Right. It's just the tuss and talk. Just more more keys to success. Yeah. No, I uh, like when I go out to Utah, because I can drive there, I bring way too many tricks out there because I'm terrible at rehearsing at home or mm -hmm. prepping props at home. So I just sit around there all day and just make, all the little gimmicks and all the things I need to make my magic work. I just, I bring homework with me. Basically the stuff that isn't making it that particular show. I just bring it out there. Cause I won't work on it at home. Yeah. Well, uh, Hondro says, I like to rehearse in front of a paying audience. <laughs> <laughs> Hondro stopped up my confidence tremendously because <laughs> I've, I have very much uh, aligned with him in both my magic skills and my rehearsal skills. And so well, I'll tell you that the trick he gave you, Yes. To do in these shows. Where are the shows and when? So uh, Foolers, it starts uh, February 24th, 25th, and 26th. We'll be in Milwaukee, uh, Indianapolis, and Akron, Ohio. Maybe I got that order right or wrong. But it's those three cities on those three nights. Just go to foolerslive.com. Foolerslive.com. Yes. And it's presented by you guys. Yeah. And 
already you guys have like been giving tricks your some of your tricks to this yeah. tour yeah and i was talking to the director before i ended up in that meeting and he's like well i don't know if i'm gonna do this because it conflicts with uh I, I guess i should say that i can say the names of, sure yeah because uh, uh you know one of these one of these one of these one of our tricks one of our foolish tricks kind of conflicts with misdirection and i go what and he goes uh misdirection i said Penn and Teller are giving us misdirection? And he goes, yes. I goes, what? <laughs> I was like, that trick is, it goes, conflicts with whatever. I was like, that trick is perfect. <laughs> I was like, if it was my trick, it would already just be, I'd just be screaming, get rid of it. So I don't know if you want to talk to whoever else. But like, I was like, holy shit, we're doing misdirection. That's awesome. That's a really good trick. It's a very good trick. And I yeah. was like, and it's not one of your old classics. This is a- No, uh, it's, it's working it's, now. We're doing yes. it now. I was going to say, it's-, it's, it's in, I did the show last night. Yes. I'll do it tonight. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking of, uh, as I was doing it, I was thinking, yeah, Matt should watch this because I have some nuances in the intro yeah. that he should pick up on. Not the actual word. No, no, no. The, the, the style. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. To set it up. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I also back in the day when we relaunched it, we worked on that a yeah. bit. I was a, I was part of the rehearsal process for the remounting of yeah, it. Yeah, you put a couple jokes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but so, but but I just was like that trick's been perfect from inception basically the whole time. So I just was like, this is just a damn good trick. You're doing you're doing um, Casey at the bat, the straight jacket escape, yeah. and you're doing uh, you're doing misdirection. Yes, and doing the Hondro thing. And Hondro, give us a trick. It's, That's fucking killer crazy good uh, yeah crazy good uh and then yeah and as we're going through that like i was like so i literally we got off of that call yeah and i said to the director and i said whatever you have of mine that you want to cut <laughs> cut it's <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm doing misdirection casey the bat and this new trick from hondro i'm good I, a, I look like a great magician. I look like a very talented person doing this trick, uh, doing that show. No problem at all. Uh, but yeah, this trick, this this is really the more the more you guys keep helping. It's even, good. It's going to be a very good show. Yes. Very yeah, yeah, good yeah. Show. Even Tyler was like, "Yeah, and I'm going to talk to so and so about this other thing. I'm I'm leaving it vague on purpose." But literally, same thing. Got off the call and talked to the director. I was like. Teller's still talking to someone about getting another awesome thing in our show. <laughs> like, this, if we just keep having meetings, I think we'll just, we'll cut all of our own stuff. And we'll just keep slowly just filling it with Penn and Teller material. How are you doing on Casey at the Bat? I'm reading it every day out loud, mm -hmm. uh, getting much more familiar with it. Uh, uh, I don't have it memorized yet, but um, I'm, I'm getting there. I just have to do it with repetition over and over and again. And you have to be, uh, you have to remember it, when you sing, uh, when you say, a springs eternal. Yes. Uh, Robbie will always say backstage, you know, you said springs eternal. Springs eternal? Okay, springs great. Eternal. <laughs> I'll do it just for Robbie. He'll never see it. I'll, it's like he'll come to the door, but that's fine. I'll, I'll do springs, springs eternal. eternal. Well, even that, right? So I bought a, a version of Casey the Bat off of Amazon and mm -hmm. I'm looking through it or whatever. But I was like, wait, I'm dumb. I should call Handsome Jack. Yeah. And I was like, Handsome, do you know which version of Casey the Bat? Penn uses and handsome Jack said, uh, actually Penn has synthesized three different versions yeah, of it's it. Three different versions. It's <laughs> like, what? Um, <laughs> but of course he had it. Someone has the file. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I put together three cause there was just, um, he wrote, he wrote like three or four different versions of it. Yeah. And there's just, I didn't like any one of them all the way through. Yeah. Oh, actually that's not true. I liked all of them all the way through. Right. There was stuff that I liked better. 
Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And you know that that's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Did you know that? Your your trick? Our trick. Oh, I didn't know that. They run the video all the time in the Baseball Hall of Fame. (laughs) Oh, that's uh, great. As uh, as a Penn and Teller salute to baseball. I didn't realize, like, yeah. I mean, I'm I I have uh, vague memories of your trick, and I have vague memories of uh, some kind of animation Disney did years ago when I was a kid or whatever. And I kind of understood the the joy in Mudville thing, but the, the the hope that springs eternal in the human breast, like that's from that poem. Yeah, I didn't know that. Hope that springs a turtle. It springs a turtle in the human breast. Uh, was it the far and distant shore? That line? No, that's not there. I don't know. I feel like it or whatever. But but uh, yeah, but yeah. There's, there's lines that I'm like, oh, that's from this poem. It's real part of America. Yes, it really is. Well, we went to a lot of trouble to decide what poem it should be. Yeah, I mean, now it's obvious that that's the poem. Right, but at the, when we started it, we just knew we wanted Teller racing against a poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went through several different choices, but Casey at the bat is familiar enough that you know what the final's going to be for the uh, for the punchline. That's the hardest part, right? No one, yeah. not many people know the ends of poems. Yeah, and e- you will even al- the, even if it's a man from Nantucket, there's a lot of different endings. Yeah, <laughs> and you will also find. I think I told you this. Yeah. There's some nuances because, you know, you are sitting on a chair and the chair is tied to, it's, it's Jessica for you, right? Yes. She's hanging upside down over a bed of spikes. Yes. And she's tied through a pulley system to, well, she's going to weigh one quarter of what she weighs. Yes. So you'll be lift, you'll be pulling up, I don't know what she weighs, but you'll yeah. be pulling up probably 25 to 30 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're pulling up. And we tell her, of course, it was more because the other weighs more than Jessica does. Yes, and uh, you'll be tying her off three three half hitches, uh, because as the uh, the guy who helped me with it said, two half hitches will hold anything, three will hold the devil. Ah, and you have to hold it in one hand and tie it with the other, and that is not uh, nothing. No, no, I understand that, and I, the blocking, the physical thing, yes, the the thing that in, in, in even the initial meeting with the director came up with is that. The nuance thing. That's the yeah. thing I'm most scared about because it is really an awesome routine between you two that really. Yeah. Well, well what you s- do though is as Teller says, yeah. um, I'm the music. He's the dance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jessica will be timing entirely to you. Yes. And that as it should be. Right. Um, and, uh, you also should hit the time exactly what you say it's going to be. Yeah. Which is the other thing you're doing. You say, I'm going to read it in a minute, 23 seconds. And you should read it in a minute, 23 seconds. Uh, <laughs> that's the part. These, these, that's, these are the things that I'm very nervous. And the other thing that's really neat is the audience is very aware that your weight in the chair yeah. is, is, is holding her. Mm-hmm. But the chair is reinforced because you don't want the rope to break through the chair. So the chair is actually pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. So um, you want it to feel like that chair is going up in the air. So when you stand up to take your final bow right. for the punchline, you take your right foot and you kick the shit out of the chair <laughs> so that it goes whack, 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 whack. Like, boy, it was going to fly right into the air. Nice. If she hadn't gotten off on time. Oh, okay, good. That's a, Yeah, that's the first time it's been clear to me you talked about the foot the footwork that was involved and I didn't even watch it. I was like, where's this footwork? Yeah. You kick the shit out of it. Yeah. You come back with your, your right foot and your heel comes up Yeah, and you bang the seat of the chair and it gives it that bang. 
Yeah. And like, then you get that wonderful moment of being able to cross your legs and make the spikes fall. That's really fun. That is going to be nice. Yeah, we are Wednesday, I think, going to your theater. Oh, this very Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To work on it. And uh, any of you met Jessica before? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we Obviously, when she was on Fool Us, we, we hit it off then. Mm. We've stayed in touch over social media the whole time. I've ran into her a couple times here or there. Yeah. She's fantastic. Good. And she already does an upside down straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She eats fire. But, but all the stuff that, um, that Teller has in there, she wants to get. Yes. Teller turns himself so people can see it. Yeah. Teller's rotating himself at different places during the escape. Well, she's like, she's true Carney. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she grew up near Gatlinburg. Uh-huh. And at one point, like, Gatlinburg had like 14 magic shows going on, and she was the assistant for like every one of them. Mm-hmm. And then started working on solo stuff and actually Fool Us propelled her solo career. Good. So she was doing solo stuff, but then her, once she did an appearance on Fool Us, then she was a solo performer from then on. Um, but uh, the fact that she has to do other other stuff that might involve like her old school skills for this show, mm-hmm. she's just like already super, super excited. Well, yeah, Teller came up with all sorts of getting the hand out of the back and undoing the buckles. Yeah. And- all that stuff and Teller's rotating himself so the audience can see it and Teller's turning and Teller knows what word he's hitting on oh, and man. there's all that stuff. So she has, she has hard work to do. Yeah. And we have like three rehearsals. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. It's hard work. You know, I was really proud because you know, Mike Nichols yeah. of Nichols and May. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, they did, so some of the greatest two-person routines. Yeah. He saw the straitjacket escape yeah. and said, that's one of the great timing two-person comedy routines. Yeah. And I loved that Nichols and May, you know, were totally verbal all the way through. Yeah. And he saw that as a uh, as a two-person verbal exchange. Yes. With, uh, with, uh, with us doing that together. I'm very excited about you doing it because we won't ever do it again. You know, Teller's not going to hang upside down over a bed of spikes with a straitjacket ever again. Right. So we'll never do it again. Yeah. So you really get to kind of carry the torch. And that was, you know, for years before the bullet catch, that was the Penn and Teller bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, before the water tank and so on, that was it. Magic that bullets. Was that? Magic bullets. Magic bullets. Bullet um, but um, uh, I've argued with Handsome Jack about this. I think that the straitjacket was the first thing we did on Saturday Night Live. Mm. Uh, uh, but no one seems to know. No one seems to know the very first bit we did. But I thought it was the straitjacket. The clip that comes up is from your PBS yeah. special. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that's. We also did it on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun It's a, a fun bit. Thing. It's a fun it's a, bit. It's a fun, fun bit. And I don't know how you're going to do it if you're going to go into the audience and have her tied up like I would do with Teller. That, yeah, we're trying to figure that all out right now, I guess, because, you know, how that's rigged and everything else and where it's going to go in the because show. Because I would, you know, there's different there's different jokes you would do because when you are having a woman tied up in a straitjacket, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a different kind of deference you have to give. There's a different vibe to that. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't be too mean to her. No, no, no. Or if you are mean to her, it's going to be with the right comedic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a different, a different thing than we would do with Teller. Because I would do it with, um, with a, with a, with a great deal of insensitivity to his discomfort. Yes, exactly. It's just two, two guys being, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
brash with each other. And busting each other's balls. Right. As the strap goes around his balls. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even your hand stab, that stuff. Like, you, you guys don't do that much of that right. anymore. Uh, but, but yeah, you guys had a lot of that kind of, uh, cause secret, that's what people wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of like messing with that expectation. Yeah. But we actually did so much less of that than people thought. They just glommed onto it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 We did. Yeah. We did very little of that. You know, yeah. uh, you can compare it to Springsteen girls and cars. Yes. You know, people thought first few albums Springsteen just things about girls and cars and he didn't no you know there's like one or two mentions yeah exactly yeah, yeah same yeah, yeah. thing oh the big guy just beats up teller all the time right no yes actually teller did more bad things to me than i did to Teller. <laughs> but that's not the way people want to remember it yeah so they just uh they, they force their own take on it Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. How has Teller, uh, how's he doing in these shows? The first show back, um, he was a little shaky. Okay. And I mean, I don't mean his performance. I mean, his actually physically. Yeah. He was a little shaky from being tired. But by the second show, he said, it just feels like a normal show to me. Oh, that's great. And uh, last night was the third show. He was doing fine. And you went through all the material. Was there anything you had to eliminate? We had eliminated nothing. Oh, so you just you did the same. We were doing, doing the, the same exact show. show we were doing before we left. Like you, you brought up Wackatelli last episode. I was like, I was like he's doing Wackatelli. He's just he's doing Wackatelli. He's also doing green screen. <laughs> he's doing. Uh, he's doing everything. So. I, I saw. You know, when, saw, when I saw him, I was like, I was like, hey, you're, this is great. What you're you're already back? Like, congratulations. Way to put in the work, or whatever. And he just said, no. Nope, the doctor said it would take three and a half months, and it's been out three and a half months. <laughs> I was like, never mind. Okay. And Teller also said it was incredibly good for him. Yeah. And we were backstage with, it's funny because the first night Katz uh, was there, you know, the yeah. entertainment writer in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We didn't know he was there. He shouldn't have come the first night, but yeah. he did. And he's backstage and it's re- it was really funny because he says, um, comes over with his, you know, his phone turned on to record. Yeah. Could do a little interview. You know, mostly with Teller, but I'm also sitting yeah. there. And he says, um, so, how you feeling? And Teller said, uh, we're uh, we're tired. <laughs> 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 and um, not, the, uh, not the publicist approved messaging <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this is so funny. Um, Kat says, um, what's it like doing the show? And Teller said, it's like cardio rehab with an audience. 
<laughs> and, and Kat said, don't give Caesars Entertainment any ideas. They'll be selling tickets to your rehab. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's really good for Teller. Yeah. I mean, he's sleeping better, everything. You know, not doing shows is not good for either one of us. Well, that, that's exactly it. I mean, what it's been such a, uh, a roller coaster only as of lately. You guys have been performing your entire lives. Mm-hmm. Then you had his back stuff yep. and, and then the had, pandemic. Yep. And now the heart thing. And you're like, he must be so, like, uh, he must be valuing the shows more than ever. Yeah. We're, we're loving doing them. Yeah. And they're really good shows. Yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, that's the other thing, you know, uh, you, you come back and you, it, I mean, uh, I'm being perhaps more frank than I should be. Uh, we kind of forget how good we are, <laughs> but right. Yeah. You, you, you're working on these routines one piece at a time yeah. and putting one piece at a time, but when you have to go away as a whole and come back as a whole. You're, you're coming back to an entire body of work yeah. at once. And we, uh, you know, you kind of go, Jesus, there's a thousand people who are laughing their asses off. Yeah. And there's a thousand people who just saw a trick. They have no idea how it's done and they're applauding like crazy. Yeah. And you get used to the applause. You get used to the laughs. I mean, I, I guess you're not supposed to admit that. But it becomes a little bit pedestrian. Right, right. And you come back and you finish, you know, a bit like Wackateller, and the crowd's going crazy, and you go, oh, yeah, it's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Well, for me, I am used to the laughs, and then I do a corporate, and then they, they're gone. <laughs> and so <laughs> I go, I'm not, I'm used to actually doing legit moves on laughs that when you don't laugh, you're like, I, the trick just pauses because you're <laughs> like, I, there's no laugh. I don't, I can't do the thing. <laughs> that I do during the laugh. Um, I hate corporates. Um, just kidding. I love corporates. I'm, I'm great for your corporate show. <laughs> what corporate shows have you done that haven't gone well? No, no, no. I, that was, there's one in Utah where there's a corporate buyout. Right? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's just when people are in an office outing, they don't laugh because like, no, one, no one leads the charge on enjoying themselves. Right. You know? Everyone's just being polite. And so it's just an awkward, it just, it just, it just shows a different pace. It's, it's honestly, it's something I actually want to talk to like more corporate magicians about. Like there's just a different, it seems like there's just a different pace to it that I don't know yet. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it, it, it currently drives me bananas. Uh, cause I'm just trying it's to It's also, out. I mean, you're, you're, you're also, um, what you haven't said is you're doing a show for no, no one chose to see you. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Two people chose to see exactly, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody else is just there, right? And even if you're not very well known, no, people are still making the decision. We want to see this magician tonight, as opposed to I'm going to a corporate party and they got some guy doing something. Yes, there's yeah, a yeah, big yeah. difference. Yeah, big oh, difference. yeah, 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 yeah. I went after a doctor gave a speech to his office. You know, yeah. that's not the best warm up. Yeah, you know, for for a giant fish appearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's also exciting, yeah, because like my next show, I just head out to Maryland, which is already sold out, and they're there to see me. They're there to see not even the magician, but me, and then yeah. Red Bank for me, and then the Fooler's Tour for me and our friends. Yeah. So like it's, I'm so excited about doing that uh, stuff because it's so fun. Yeah, the, the Fooler's thing will be uh, be fun. We we can't, you know, we were going to try to see it, but uh, we can't. We have shows right at the same time. Yeah. 
but uh, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be really fun. Why had you come out to my first solo show? And that was a huge mistake. So <laughs> I'm kind of glad you're missing the first Foolish show. I, I, re- I remember, <laughs> I remember what Piff said at the end of your show. You remember that yeah. too, right? We, magic is hard. Magic is hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny because <laughs> looking back on that, I don't know, if, I don't think if I've ever said this, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but that was funny was that one of the things was that, you know, we turned a rehearsal into a show so that you and Teller could come check it out. And that's, and that is that indeed in being the show that everyone came out to, mm-hmm. um, which changed my agreement with the theater that I was doing it at. And you said, don't worry. Well, after the thing, I'll, I'll even pass the bucket, you mm-hmm. know, I'll help you collect or whatever. And the show went so poorly. There wasn't a thought in the world of passing the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought to tip or do anything for that, for what they saw, which is me mess up four out of seven tricks and cut my thumb open and bleed on people. Is, was that what it was? Four out of seven tricks? Yeah, I messed up four out of seven. <laughs> well, that's, uh, well, more than half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess if I'm a baseball player, I'm still okay. But other than that, I'm unprofessional in every other metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I would see a magic show. I'm like they did five out of seven. Five, yeah. Good job. Good. <laughs> we're, we're really well, especially was I was discussing this with my friend. There is actually like in, in comparison of art forms, magic is passable at such a lower level than other things. If it the tricks work, if the tricks work, if the tricks work, but if the tricks don't work, yeah. No matter how great you are. There's no way out. It's a waste of time. Right. We just did six minutes for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, on that level, I could have been a much more terrible performer, but just pulled things off and it would have been a much better show. Yeah. Yeah. But I did not. I did not. (laughs) I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time. (laughs) Well, Piff's comment is perfect. Yeah. Magic is hard. Magic is hard. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of Piff, I was at a Starbucks. Yeah. Mox and I were doing our homework together. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy behind the counter uh, is like his sister is like Zoltan's girlfriend or something. Okay. So the barista has an in to talk to us. Ah. And he says to me, this is just because you're young, you don't realize how to say things. Yes. He says, could I have your your autograph for my mother? Because my mother just loves you. Me, I'm more of a piff than magic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she loves you, but you know, piff's more my style. Oh. And I say to him, you know, Piff is one of my best friends. Yeah. And I don't know if you know it, but our styles aren't that far apart. As a matter of fact, I play pop <laughs> in Piff and Pop's magic shop. <laughs> I have a dragon suit. And I am in front of one barista who is in high school. Yeah. I am all of a sudden defending the hipness of my comedy sensibility. Yes. To a high school barista. <laughs> I want him to understand that I understand Piff's comedy better than he does, you <laughs> stupid motherfucker. 
As a matter of fact, the two of us will sit down. We will watch Piff's show together. Yes. We will both do analysis, and we'll see who knows more <laughs> about what is good about Piff. Okay? Okay. Let's do, you know, and I just go, okay, I'll sign this uh, for your mother. Yes. You know, and I, I do the whole thing. And all of this does not spill out. Only a little bit spills out, <laughs> which is I play the part of Pop. And yeah. then Mox says, and you can see Piff and Pop on YouTube. Yeah. If you look up YouTube, Piff and Pop, you can see the two of them working together. Yeah. And you can see that Piff's style is not so incongruous with Penn's style that they, as a matter of fact, they are on stage together. <laughs> yeah, they do quite well together. <laughs> Blending. You don't see two different styles up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just funny that when you're in high school, that's the kind of thing you have to say. Yeah. Because... High school is nothing but team sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I like Minecraft. I don't like Fortnite. Yes. People that play Fortnite are assholes. Yes. I play this other game. Yeah. And that's the same thing, you know, Beatles and Rolling Stones. Yeah. You know, you just couldn't be in high school. You can't be a guy that goes... I like some of the songs of that band. No, no. I like some of the songs of this other band. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You just, uh, no, I like Springsteen. Yeah. I don't like Billy Joel. You know. I, yeah. It was just, yeah, why don't you have your mom take you to Piff, but also why don't you have your mom take you to my show one more time, just yeah. to make sure, <laughs> you want to make sure that you're a Piff guy and not a me guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just so you know, just for future reference, I haven't closed the door on people I want to like me. <laughs> that door's still wide open. Wide open. <laughs> wide open for people of all ages. And I think <laughs> that there's a good chance yeah. if you like Piff the Magic Dragon, yeah. you'll like Penn and Tell. Yes. Oh, Piff, Piff just had the greatest thing happen. The greatest thing. Uh, people came to his show, and after the show, they said, we're here because of random. Really? They said we were we were listening to the audiobook of random together, and there's that whole scene of the character with Piff the Magic Dragon. We get into Vegas, and it's Piff the Magic Dragon. We thought we'd come see you. Yeah. And Piff goes, oh, this is great. That's This so is great. just great. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. A lot of uh, members of the congregation come and see me in Utah, actually, mm -hmm. which is really nice. It's, uh, that's always nice when they come out uh, to see little old me because uh, of you, which uh -huh. is nice. Uh, it's good. Yeah. And Piff, his show's in really fun. It's really in a really fun spot, too. It's yeah, nice, yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Piff, Piff's doing really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also concentrating much more on the Vegas show now. Yeah. And less on On the Road. Right. Because he can do all this stuff. And we've all discovered we can do all sorts of stuff. We don't have to move the props around. Exactly right. And on, like Vegas is crazy. It's 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 in a it's in a transition spot right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole world's still recovering from the pandemic. Yeah. So a lot of new habits are forming. Um, it's crazy to be in to be in a residency like you have and in a residency like Piff has now. Yeah. You know, the other people who are coming to town here are not doing that many shows. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, what David Blaine's doing, what, like four shows a month? Well, David Blaine's sewing his lips shut. And yeah, yeah, and he has shit, to heal so and he all that stuff. He has to heal. Yes, which, he has to physically heal. Which, uh, what kind of dipshit? <laughs> 
writes a show where you have to heal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, Pete Townsend can cut up his fingers playing guitar. Yeah. He'll play guitar the next night. Yes. But David Blaine has to go back to New York and rest. It's also, <laughs> he calls it a residency, and yeah. he's living in New York. Sorry, what does the word <laughs> resident mean? David Blaine is not doing a Vegas yeah. residency. What's well, hard, but- He's doing five shows. I wish there needs to be a new word for it, because Kevin Hart's coming here and doing, whatever, 30 shows. Yeah. Uh, Katy Perry does, I think, like 40 shows a year here, something like that. You know, Adele famously doing, what, 20 shows. But those are, that's a real number. Yeah. David Blaine is four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really none. I just like, yeah. Like, at one point, is it going to be like, do you have to check in with us before you schedule the next thing? Or, I don't yeah. know. It's a weird and, thing. And he also, um, he, he doesn't do magic. Yeah. He jumps onto boxes, and I've heard it's a great show. Yeah. But he's no longer a magician. No, he's. I he's mean, he does a, he does tricks for this stuff. The, magic is an element of whatever you would call his version of entertainment. Yeah, but he has certainly found his own lane. Yeah, he has. Uh, that people seem to enjoy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, everybody but one person that I know that's seen the show has loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah. And the one person I know that saw the show that hated it fucking hate it but they're more of a fifth the magic dragon person well that's it yeah like i don't yeah from what i've heard i don't run towards it no no i don't particularly like shows where people get hurt yeah i think when i was a, a child i might have thought oh that's boy look at the commitment they have to that yeah but that's kind of gone away for me yeah yeah it's yeah. kind of like no david don't don't hurt yourself fuck that shit yeah so i actually am avoiding it for that reason yeah. Because I used to think that you weren't butch and tough if you weren't okay with people hurting themselves during a show. Now, you know, it was all Iggy Pop. Iggy yeah. Pop was so cool. You know, Iggy Pop would dive into the audience and get hurt. But now, I don't want Iggy to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt doing a show. Yeah, exactly. But, but Ready Rich got something to say. The chat is drawing a parallel to a needle in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> which Caesars would sell tickets to. Yeah, they would. They could have sold tickets to, yeah. Yeah. But I, I was supposedly getting a needle in my throat in order to uh, be helped. <laughs> but instead it could be a word chosen by the audience ahead of time. Just <laughs> tattooed on your vocal cords. Yeah, we're going to put a camera down there, and then there it is. Oh, you start off eating SpaghettiOs. Yeah. <laughs> Except uh, the windpipe and the, uh, oh yeah, they're different holes. Yeah, that's the flaw. Yeah, perfect idea. Otherwise, <laughs> I have started by snorting. Yeah, spaghettios. Right. Um, I went and saw Freestyle Love Supreme. How'd you like it? Uh, it's a very good show. Good, good, good. Did you see it with uh, Hyphen Boy? I did not. Okay. I did not. I saw it with the regular cast. Jelly Donut. Jelly Donut was on mic one. And did you see the, uh, the the great beatbox woman? Yes, Kaiser Rose. Oh, yeah, Kaiser Rose. Yes. Yeah. She's incredible. Uh, yeah. She could just do, like, she does a, she does, she's won beatbox contests, mm -hmm. and she does a display of, of beatbox in the show. Mm -hmm. That it's, I've lived in Vegas long enough, I just turned to my wife and said, that's an act. Like, yeah. she could just go into the other shows around town yeah. and do that. Yeah. No problem. Uh, she's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and she's worth seeing the show alone. It is closing. Mm -hmm. um, when I saw it, I was like, this is too hip for Vegas. 
Yeah. But as an, as a, as a man with a lot of experience with improvisation, how'd you like their improv? Oh, I mean, that's, it was, it, it's, it's, it is, uh, really smartly constructed and, uh, and then the improv stuff was so funny and so fun and seeing, and, and, and I, I've also done improv in that room mm-hmm. with Wayne Brady. And so I love that room for improv. It's really good. It's a perfect room for How do you show. like them throwing the microphone? That's, oh. boy, who invented that thing? Uh, but I want one yeah. now to yeah. travel with now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Uh, especially because people are so terrible at holding a microphone and speaking into it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, you hand them a, a, bo- a cube, they have no problem speaking directly into it, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that part's great. Um, yeah, they're super talented. I was laughing because like, they, 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 they ran off Broadway in New York and toured all around. And so they start and they go like, what do, you, you know, do you have any pronouns you'd like us to address you by? And that is such a funny Vegas litmus test. Right. Because right? not all the audience, but some of us just goes like, oh. You know, whatever. Or someone goes like, "Do you have any pronouns?" They're like, "No," and you're like, "That's not make a show out of it." You know, <laughs> we're just being respectful and evolving. You know, but it was just proved to me. It's like this is what this is. Younger people doing a kick-ass show, and it is it is almost Vegas crowds in this crowd. It's different. It's also incredible how comfortable they are with fuck and oh yeah yeah and all that language, and how uncomfortable they are with anything that deals with gender or race yes or they will just no that is a that is a third rail to them yeah yeah yeah. whereas comics would make jokes about that not one fucking joke that even goes near that no near that they, they would not do a racial or a gender or a sexual preference joke no ever no nope. in any way no and uh, yet, the word fuck is just comfortable yeah. all the time. I like, so freestyle rap in the improv community in general is something that is, uh, uh, makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It just cuts to me going to like the amount of improv festivals I went to with a bunch of like stoned and drunk white guys in a corner going like, mm, yeah, yeah, and taking turns doing terrible, terrible rap mm-hmm. and being like, we shouldn't be doing this, guys. Yeah. Let's just stop this forever. So to go to that show and to have 90 minutes of freestyle rap, and have it be very good, mm-hmm. very entertaining, and the time just flew by. And they also uh, they do really interesting rhymes. Yes, they have they have stuff loaded that's really good. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they did a very good job. And also that moment in the middle, that that hunk in the middle where they get heartfelt, yes, and bring it down, which I assume is every show. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But but you have to. That's the thing. If you're going to do a show that long, you have to have mum. But they did. Yeah, they talk to couples and talk about love and that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's it's really nice. They really they ask like they ask. That's the thing. It's like they ask sincere and deep questions to their audience members. It's Mm -hmm. not like give me an occupation, Mm -hmm. you know, give me a location. Like they really go for a real conversation. When they do the end thing, when they do the whole day of the person, yes, uh, and they they it's really funny how they pick the person by saying we can't use a teenager because nothing interesting happens to you did they say that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 we can't it's, a, it's basically something like trust us it just doesn't work yeah <laughs> and then a girl lied straight up and just started talking about her day and within a minute we realized that we were talking to a 15 year old yeah she looked a little older but then by the time she was talking we're like oh and so they went with it anyway yeah which which is great and they ended up doing a lot of it but i could see i was like oh yeah it's hard to ask teenagers about their day in a way that you get concise chunks or details out of you get nothing yeah you get nothing it's tough yeah but uh, uh i share that pain for sure <laughs> for sure 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think Vegas is in a weird spot. I don't, that show is incredible. I also was not, it's like so hard. How do you make that? How do you get butts and seats all the time for that without, the, without a, you know, you needed like a casino backing you 100%, you know, yeah. for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just not the way it works. But they're really, they're not, their business model is yeah. they're not trying to do a successful Vegas show. Yeah. I mean, of course they are. Right. But they also want to set up a whole school and stuff. Yes. And a home base. Yeah. Because, because, uh, improv has really had a hard time, uh, thriving and reaching out to people of color. Mm-hmm. And they are a really uh, fantastic gateway for people of color to yeah. achieve stuff in the world of improv. And outside of Vegas, they tour very successfully. Yeah. And they've been able to put their shows up in many locations and, 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 and do well, um, which is, you know, Vegas is its own world. So I don't mean to disparage the show in any way, uh, talking about it this way. And Vegas is weird, wicked hard to put a show here, period. Mm-hmm. And then especially now. Yeah. You know, where even the biggest celebrities can't can't do 100 shows a year here. Yeah. So it's 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 you're upstage by the Raiders, Formula 1, all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And, and clubs. Yeah, clubs. Uh, yeah. Now we're filling, now we're DJs. putting concerts in stadiums of people that never came here before. Yeah. All that stuff. And they also have uh how many stadiums are there now? <laughs> we are lousy with stadiums right now. <laughs> We're opening one that's like supposed to be like a, a stadium that no one's ever seen before. It's like all LED screens, the yeah. whole stadium. Yeah. Inside and out. <laughs> uh, some giant sphere. It looks like the Death Star is being built outside yeah. the, in the shadow of the so flamingo. Like, we are the only place yeah. where you can say, um, you know, you too yeah. is playing in Vegas. And you go, which place? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there's five choices. Yes. There's five places that can put in a band that has 30,000 people. Right. And then they talk about bringing the baseball team here, and then none of those stadiums fit that. So that means we're talking about a sixth stadium. <laughs> like, where are we going to go? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a crazy time here. And, uh, but, uh, and even that space at the Venetian, which I love, they built the Starbucks into it. So yeah. like your foot traffic is now like gone. Yeah. And so it's just, I, I, th- that kind of stuff. It's like these little things that you can't possibly game plan for ahead of time out of, you know, coming in here for us an outsider. It's just, that stuff just breaks my heart. And it's funny because, you know, um, uh, Hamilton had a fair amount of success. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it's true. I mean, like, honestly, like if, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a casino mogul and you know me, any day now. Um, <laughs> the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda was associated with it, you do want to kind of go David Blaine style and be like, how many dates can you do? Yeah. You know, let's yeah. just do those. Yeah. But that's not fair to that crew, that there's their whole organization, right? So it's not the same to do it that way. And I get that. But that's what your brain goes to when you think yeah, about Yeah, I, I wouldn't even guess. I and mean, this is no disrespect meant. I would guess that Lin-Manuel is not the best of them. Right. I would bet that he's probably the bottom because they have much more experience yeah. and they're going all the time and they're revved up and set. Yes. Well, he's really parted in written musicals and Moana and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's not also making sure he's keeping his chops up on the drive in to Disney. Right. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and, and believe me, it's a, it's a, it's a muscle that needs to be flexed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, I, I bet that I bet you get really in the groove yeah. and then you can do every night. But if you're not doing every night, must be harder. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how you would do on the Tussin. 
<laughs> it would take Tussin for me to try. I'll tell you that much right now. I have not. Because after a while, I really did feel like it was offensive for me to try to even rap. I just thought it was a bad mm-hmm. idea. Uh, and so I really cut that part of my brain off completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wayne Brady had me audition for him after that. And, and, uh, and that was when I was doing an improv show with him five nights a week. It was awesome. His warm up was always rapping with the band. He had a full band because mm-hmm. he would do put on put a concert on after his improv set. And uh, the first two weeks when I was like, like just not vibing with him, he kind of mm-hmm. called me in his dressing room and I said to Wayne, I was like, the hardest part of my day is the warm up. The thing that I stress about on the drive in is not the show at all. It is sitting around with your full band and the whole uh, team, you know, with the ushers and tech listening to you freestyle rap and then throw it to me and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I hate it so much. I'm not good at <laughs> rapping. I hate rapping for the band. I hate rapping for the ushers. I hate rapping for everybody. I'm not good at it. I'm good at the other improv stuff. I don't want to rap. And he literally was like, oh, cool. No problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we stopped. I stopped having to rap with him to warm up the show. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. He's very good at it. Wayne still is is very super sharp at uh, freestyle rapping. I believe he's actually sitting in with them. Oh, really? Yeah. He's going to do it with them? I think he's popping in to sit in one of their last shows, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Well, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. It was a good show. I really I really liked it, and I thought I thought about uh, it's a It's a nice form. It is a nice form. And as someone who, you know, I worked with Paul forever trying to find some interest in getting our show somewhere near a casino, it was like, oh, it was like really nice to see so really the full people take a real full shot at it i mean the lighting the sound and, and then to also fail that must make <laughs> you feel really good <laughs> i was like i could have wasted this much money we, also we couldn't do it and neither can they <laughs> it was nice to see someone do everything exactly right and still fail <laughs> that made me feel really good about myself that's all you were saying, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I object. I object, Your Honor. Someone intervene on this. <laughs> anyway, that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. You become naked. freestyle rap here oh, over the whole thing. Oh, do you remember you used to try to make the improv sing commercials back in the day? Was that? When I first co-hosted this show, yeah. you used to try to get me to do songs. Oh. I, I still hate thinking about even just that. <laughs> you know, we love you. You got anybody to thank there, uh... Yes, I do, Penn. Here we go. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Gary Cornley, Danny, insert meta joke here, Ruse, Matthew O'Sullivan, Betsy Batter, Little Mandar. If Ready Rich was already rich, would would a rich ready enrich richly enrich the unrich? I think I said that wrong. Jobeth R. Bowers, Adam Stickney, Sax Guy Jimmy D, Nathan Julian, Petty Officer Scoop, Daniel, why don't blind people skydive? It scares the shit out of the dogs. David K. David Peters. It's pronounced turmeric chipotle. Federal court order. YouTube offer culinary chimera, but go on. 
<laughs> and I'm sorry, I'll just do it right now. I know it's culinary. Okay, Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, Central Park Owl, Lancey Menchu, Stephen White, Harlan, Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Brogan Hastings, and Placidus Scott. Thank you so much. I typed Russian writer prison in a crashed Google server. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.